welcome. You're listening to the Mac Observer's Background Mode. I am your host, John Marchalero, and this week my guest is TMO contributor Charlotte Henry. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me back. Hi, Charlotte. It's nice to have you back on the show again. For the listeners, Charlotte is a self-described media junkie. She writes about Apple and now for the Mac Observer as well. She's also written for City AM, London's Daily Business Tabloid, Computer Business Review, The Independent on Sunday, and CapEx. So, and many, many more. And many more. And you've also written a glorious book, Not Buying It, which I have a yes. copy of. Yes. Right. Oh, Thanks. Yes, author. it's on fake news and trying to work out the kind of technical and cultural and all those kind of issues. Yeah, you should go out and get that book. It's in paperback. It's on Amazon. Not expensive. Support your local writer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So Charlotte and I have agreed we're going to do a special episode. We're going to talk about the different streaming services. One of our favorite topics, John. Yes, you and I are both the Mac Observer media junkies when it comes to streaming services. Too right. And we're going to talk about some of them, or maybe most of them, and content and maybe usability and functionality and our perceptions of the ones that we use. Why don't we start with... Apple TV Plus, is that okay with you? Certainly is, yeah. So, I mean, we've discussed Apple TV Plus a lot, haven't we? Um, I'm generally a fan. I think we've said on multiple episodes of the Daily Observations podcast that we thought critics were a bit snobby when Apple deigned and dared to launch a streaming service. And uh, they kind of thought, what is Apple? How dare Apple be in the content production game? That's an interesting take. I yeah, mean, I, I really I mean, felt like that for, from when the kind of initial skepticism about the service, when the initial reviews came in, when the content originally landed. I, I really felt there was a kind of dismissiveness that how dare Apple... You, you know where I think that comes from? My theory of where that comes from is that people would like to see Apple be error-free and there are little irritants with the Mac... Book Pro, in terms of the uh, keyboard, there's been some irritants with iOS 13. And when people get a little bit irritated, they kind of psychologically feel like if only Apple could pour all their heart and soul and all their resources into the one thing that annoys me, I wouldn't be so annoyed. And the, mm. the fact that they go off and get involved in other products, other services, makes the person feel kind of abandoned. Yeah, so I think that does happen. I don't think that was the issue here. I think the issue here was people in the media world, in the kind of TV review world, in the kind of media criticism world, in the film review world, those kind of people thinking, how very dare Apple come into our party? So they They're didn't think Apple company. could execute. They generally didn't think Apple had the resources. They, they didn't think Apple could execute. Ability. They thought nerds should be nerds and cool media people should be cool media people and never the two shall meet. And that is just not right in 2019 when it launched and it's not right in 2020 now. Um, I like a lot about Apple TV+. Plus. We've watched some of the content and discussed it in other places. I don't like... I think Apple could present the TV app a lot better than it does. 
How do you think they could do that? So, like, it takes a little bit of scrolling through, doesn't it? I'm just looking now on my iPad. I think it takes a little bit of scrolling through to find out what Apple TV content there is. And things that annoy me are like, why do I need to watch BBC iPlayer programs through the Apple TV app? I have the iPlayer app. Like, I don't really want this additional content, but I get that you can buy films and TV shows through it, and that's also fine. Yeah, I find but the I, I th- presentation rather uh, confusing and uh, I do, yeah, complex. I think it is. So I you have could to be done a lot better. scroll through quite a bit of content and listings to get to what you want. It'd exactly. It'd be nice if it were more hierarchical, but I think... I think it'd be... Yeah, I like, I don't understand why often it goes to my library... Um, where you know programs I downloaded ages ago when I want to see what's up n- out now for example I you know Apple to get Apple TV Plus you kind of have to like you say do a bit of scrolling and work it out and it's just down right at the bottom as another channel yeah I found and, that you know, interesting uh, that um, I ended up with CBS All Access as a channel Right. The Apple TV app, which I, which is okay, but I'm not sure if that was dependent on having a, a, the ability to su- subscribe through my Apple ID. And then there's Disney Plus, which is its own standalone app, which you can go directly into like you can with Netflix. Exactly. And the BBC iPlayer and all the other stuff. So I think they need to tidy that up. It's yeah. a, I don't want to be too, I don't want to over-exaggerate, but you know, it's got a little bit iTunesy in there, hasn't it? Where it's kind of a bit of a mess of everything. Yeah, and it's not and you need real to clear tidy it up a bit. which items that you click on are candidates to be paid for, I think I've mentioned in a review, and yeah. which items you've already subscribed to. Because sometimes you click on something and you think, oh, wow, I can watch that. And then it turns out you can't unless you pay for it or subscribe to a channel. And then there's other items that are in there that you already subscribe to and you just click merrily away, which is why whenever I can, I try to isolate myself into the app. So when I first come onto the Apple TV 4K homepage, I pick Amazon or I pick Netflix or I pick Disney. Yeah. So hang on, you're, you have uh, the device known as, we can get, this is another slight confusion actually, but... You have the device called Apple TV, the the hardware device. Right. And then there's the app called Apple called TV. Called Apple TV. And then there's and the there, service. There's the, called <laughs> Apple TV Plus. You some can people, see where I'm going with this, some, right? Some people find that a bit confusing. I do not. But then I'm exposed to it But you're a wise, wise man, John. No, I, it's just that I write about it frequently and I, you know, get used to it. But I, for somebody who's not accustomed to it and they're juggling a lot of different things in their lives i yeah. can see how it can be never, confusing it's actually never mind being accustomed to it i think there is a point uh, i don't want to get too diverged into this but i think there is a point when you, where if you say do you like apple tv or do you have apple tv you don't quite know what you're talking about and i think perhaps in marketing terms that could be a problem that's why i always write apple tv 4k in my writing right that makes sense but there's a, obviously a non-4K version of the device. Yeah, but people who know what I'm, people who see the Apple TV 4K know that I'm talking about the hardware, even if they don't have the 4K version. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Or yeah. So anyway, it's an interesting one. I did. 
you know, maybe I'll write the piece sometime soon is the Apple TV app, the new iTunes, but that might be pushing it a bit, but I do think they need to tidy it up. You and I have talked in the past about um, the morning show and how I warmed up to it because I kind of felt like it was my homework. You and did. So I started watching it. I convinced it. I you. I wore you down. Dragged it. Well, your, your uh, weekly reviews kind of intrigued me and... And then as more as I got into it more and more, I got more and more emotionally hooked on the characters. <laughs> um, but uh, have you watched anything new since we've talked about um, Apple TV Plus and Snoopy in Space? I haven't actually had a chance to dive in too much on it. Um, you know, I'm kind of I plan to sit down and have a little binge watch of Dickinson because interestingly, Apple separates new shows where there's a new episode every week, the likes of the morning show. And also things that you can binge watch, like Dickinson. So I want to watch that. I watched, as I've said before, I tested out some of the Snoopy in Space episodes, which were good, fun, kids show. The one thing I actually do want to talk to you, I keep meaning to write about this as well, is I'm surprised how little Oprah we've seen. She is a big name that Apple TV Plus got on board, right? And at the moment, there's a couple of episodes of The Book Club, and we know there's, a, for example, a, a episode with Prince Harry, an interview with Prince Harry coming up, uh, a documentary she's doing on mental health with him. But I would have thought if you have an asset like Oprah Winfrey, you'd be using her a lot more than Apple is. Maybe they're pacing their rollouts. Maybe. Because we've seen a lot of Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. I haven't seen that much Oprah. I don't know. I've heard the foundation is in progress. I'm really looking forward to that. Mm. Um, there's another issue I want to bring up with you about Apple TV before we move on TV okay. Plus before we move on to other services uh, and it links to the point I made before about um, the kind of different ways that you they provide the content so either weekly rollout or you can kind of drop the whole series last week was the second week in a row there was nothing new on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, I saw you write about that. Right. That's a problem. That is a problem. It's a, it's a very big problem. So they're I finished think. with um, For All Mankind? Or they just didn't roll out a uh, new episode? I believe that series is finished. I think all the series that they released one episode at a time are now done. They were done kind of the so turn. that was C and For All Mankind. And, and The Morning, the morning show. show. Now... When you're com- if you're trying to compete with Netflix, which dumps new content every week, with Amazon Prime Video, which has tons of content every week, Disney Plus, it will be interesting to see uh, how much new content they keep adding. But the, as we'll discuss later, the catalogue is so extensive that I'm not sure that's such an issue. You could literally never, almost never run out of stuff on Disney Plus. Uh, the same is true of Peacock. So... If Apple, at the point where Apple is asking people to pay for TV Plus, which will be soon, it will be in kind of nine, ten months where they people are going to have stuff. They have not yet that bundle of the arrangement, though, have they? Uh, we, thought, you, we thought maybe the bundle arrangement was coming to an end. You mean the free, yeah. yeah free, a year for a free if you buy a new Apple Yeah, it, that was interesting. It looked like it was going to end because people in Australia started seeing yeah. messages saying it's coming to the end in 24 hours and it never seemed to go beyond that. 
And we'll have to keep an eye out for that because Tim Cook, I think, made clear in the earnings call as well that that will end at some point soon. Yeah, but like, that think, is not a permanent arrangement. Every time you get a new Apple device, you get a year free. My guess is that most people who watch Apple TV are in free mode because they bought a phone or something else, but probably a phone in the fall. Definitely. And so maybe Apple granted themselves a little bit of liberty since most people are not paying yet. But you're right. Yes. That, can't, that can't be a continuing problem. But the, the point is you have to create a service that people want to pay for because in eight, right. nine, ten months, people are going to have to pay for it. And you need to give them a reason to want to pay for it. Yes, it's a compelling price point, but you need to get them to to want to pay for it. And if you're not putting up new content regularly, that's not going to happen. So They're listeners, going to spend their money on Netflix instead. So all you listeners out there, if you are watching Apple TV Plus and getting it for free, let us know if you're planning to pay when your subscription renews. And if you're paying now, let us know if you're going to continue to pay. We're interested in hearing from you. So what shall we talk about next? Well, it's interesting because... So the services I have access to in the UK, let's talk about that first of all. So obviously I can use the BBC iPlayer and there's also BritBox, which you guys got in the US first and then... How does BritBox differ from Acorn? I've never understood that. Well, so BritBox is a mashup between... BBC, which is obviously the public broadcaster here in the UK, and ITV, which is a commercial broadcaster. And they have sort of come together to create this streaming service, which brings together a lot of their content. Um, And so it's another paid-for service. So there's that. Um, But, you know, there's obviously the big names in this game, right? And we should talk about them maybe, are Netflix, obviously, and Amazon Prime Video. Right. I subscribe to both of those. Of course. So, well, my first question to you then, and, you know, I'm taking over as the interviewing you now. Um, Do you pay for Amazon Prime as a whole and therefore get Prime Video? Or do you pay for Prime? Right. That's what I do as well. $115 or $118 a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I do too. Automatically billed to me. Yeah. And I find that Amazon and Netflix are a nice duo because sometimes... I'm always flipping back and forth between the two, looking for good stuff. Uh, I was watching yeah, Anne with an E and uh, Virgin River on Netflix, but then I'm watching Outlander. Oh, yeah, that's also on Netflix, but I'm watching Stargate <laughs> on Amazon. Nice. Going back through the 10 years of Stargate, it's glorious. Nice. So at the moment, okay, my current Netflix viewing, <laughs> you, you're going to laugh at me, but I... I'm going from the beginning of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I watched a show called Brooklyn Taxi. No, no, this is the comedy series about the police precinct. Uh, and I forgot how much I enjoyed it the first time around. So that is great fun. And, a, you know, one of a good mm-hmm. kind of attribute from Netflix that it has these kind of series. I watched the whole of the last series of The Big Bang Theory via Netflix as well. So all of that. I really like in terms of the original shows I have always liked Origins of the New Black on Netflix and need to get through the last series of that on Amazon Prime Video I'm watching a series called The Bold Type um, oh yeah you which, mentioned that yeah I've kind of it's very silly it, yeah it's about three kind of millennial 20s women 
girls who work in a magazine, a fashion magazine um, in New York. And it's just fabulously silly fun. They do deal with some proper issues around all sorts of, you know, feminism and sexual abuse and kind of some of the medical issues that the girls face and whatever. And it's all really, really good. But uh, but it's also really fun. And they've done it a really nice job. And I just kind of, as light viewing, I'm really, really enjoying that. I'm trying to think what else is good at the moment. I wanted to oh, ask oh, you Picard. about... You've been telling oh, me to watch I, Picard, John. Oh, yes. Uh, Picard on CBS All Access. They did something really clever. They no, no, the it's on Amazon Prime Video as well. I think I they thought, may have carried no. the first episode for free. It was easy to find the first episode for free for Picard. But CBS no, All with Access Prime Video, is making you, you subscribe. Can you have to subscribe to watch episodes two through in. I don't think so. I do. I do. Because that was the hook. CBS All Access has been running uh, Star Trek Discovery as a um, signature series to get you to subscribe to CBS All Access for a few years now. And they're continuing that tradition. I think in the UK, I can watch it as part of Amazon Prime. In fact, I definitely can because I've no, just signed into my Amazon Prime. agreement. Yeah. Because we don't. Obviously, true, CBS yeah. All Access does not work here but i have in my amazon oh, Prime video that's what it is yeah i have uh r- two episodes of picard ready and raring to go oh they're excellent they're excellent i i bought cbs all access within apple tv and so it's charged to my apple id account i didn't have to sign sure. up separately with cbs i like that because i like central billing and it's easy to subscribe and then subscribe to these services Sure, through sure, your sure. Apple ID account, and you can very clearly see what you're subscribed to, and just one click to unsubscribe. So that's really nice. You're going to love Picard. Yeah, I'm going to settle and watch that. Also, I've always used the streaming services to watch things like uh, some of the old Star Trek series as well. Tell you what, let's take a break. Let's do it. All right, when we come back, we'll continue our discussion of the various streaming services. I'm chatting with TMO contributor Charlotte Henry. Stay with us. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Today, our sponsor is Linode. Linode helps you design, develop, and deploy in the cloud. You can build dedicated CPU, distributed applications, hosted services, websites, and CI, CD environments. If it runs on Linux, it runs on Linode. Linode is focused on simplicity, service, and value. Built using the most up-to-date hardware and a next-generation network backbone, Linode allows users to comply with in-country data protection requirements while taking advantage of all of Linode's technology and tools. The goal is to maximize the benefit you receive from your cloud by making it cost-effective to deploy robust compute, storage, and networking services that meet your ever-changing performance needs. Featured are a native SSD storage, a 40-gigabit network, and industry-leading processors. Pick from any of 10 worldwide data centers. And pay for only what you use with hourly billing across all plans and add-on services. 24 by 7 live customer support is always just a phone call away. You'll be able to deploy and maintain your infrastructure simply and cost-effectively. Plus, Linode's tools make it easy to provision, secure, monitor, and back up your cloud. To learn more, visit linode.com slash BGM. That's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com forward slash BGM. 
All new customers receive a $20 credit. Thanks, Linode, for being our sponsor. We're back. I'm chatting with Charlotte Henry. You have a special title, Charlotte, isn't it? So something like Mac Observer's I don't have a special title. My, I'm the, yeah, I'm the UK associate editor. I am the only non-American-based uh, TMO writer, I think, at the moment. So that's kind so, of fun. Gosh, I like that title. That's very cool. It's fun. Well, yeah, so you have, I'm the UK associate editor, and then you also have Andrew, who's the associate editor, but he's based in the US. So between us, we write many bits of Apple news day in, day out. Yes, you do. You do amazing work. Shall we talk about Disney Plus? Well, yes, but you're going to have to tell me about it, really, because I don't yet have it here in the UK. It's not coming out for a few weeks. They they moved the date it's launching in the UK and, and in Europe more generally. They moved it forward a bit. But it's still not coming in till kind of the middle of March or something. Disney Plus is uh, an app that you can install on your Apple TV 4K. And where else? I'm not quite up to speed, but it's probably available on lots of different devices like Roku and Fire TV, I'm guessing. Um, it's six ninety nine a month nominally. Uh, there are no ads. You have access to... A significant part of uh, Disney's library, which includes now Marvel and Pixar and Lucasfilm and National Geographic. And it has a signature series. We, one of the things we didn't talk about in segment one was the signature series. Apple TV uh, yes. Plus has its the morning show. Netflix and Amazon have been around so long and they have so much content. There's no real signature series. But, well, but there were. You're right, though, because there were originally. I mean... Orange is the New Black, I think, was probably the first signature series for Netflix. Does that sound fair? I I don't know. It didn't it came in later in Netflix's life, right? Okay. Yeah, it did, but for a long time they didn't create original content. So. But Disney Plus has its own signature series called The Mandalorian, it does. and it is excellent. If you are a Star Wars fan. Even if you're not much of a Star Wars fan, if you're if you're if you're nominally a Star Trek person like I am, and second secondarily a Star Wars fan, you will love The Mandalorian. It's about a bounty hunter who's a member of the Mandalorian sect, not a, not a species, who is on a job, and part of his job is to recover this um, thing, which turns out to be a baby. Of the Yoda, of the species that Yoda is a member of, it's not Baby Yoda, but it's it's called Baby Yoda, because it's a baby of the species. It happens in the range of five years after Star Trek Episode Six, so uh, the Return of the Jedi, and this bounty hunter forms an attachment to this Baby Yoda. First, he delivers it to the buyer, and then he steals it back, and then they go on the run. It is an amazing TV show. It's the, the technology, the money that's spent, the computer graphics, the writing, the acting, the Star Wars genre. It's low-key. It's not all about saving the universe from the Imperial Stormtroopers and some evil Imperial um, maniacal leader. It's just about a gunslinger, like a Western, who's protecting this, this child. And uh, it is warm, and it is uh, well done, and it is 
it lights up your display. It, it really exercises your subwoofer uh, if you've got one, and uh, it is uh, highly recommended. And it's I think it's been very effective in getting people to sign up for Disney Plus because everybody I know is talking about it. Everybody on the Mac Observer, my barber. <laughs> Uh, friends at the Super Bowl party, everybody's seen it, everybody's talking about it. So don't miss out on this. And it's easy to subscribe to within the Apple TV uh, uh, system. So I wrote an article about it at the Mac Observer, and so you can just add it to your list of subscriptions, and if you tire of it after a while, you can just cancel. So um, sign up for a Disney Plus within uh, Apple TV. Uh, for billing, download the app, and um, have at it with The Mandalorian. One of the things I, I kind of feel like about with the Disney Channel, though, is that there's a lot of content there that is stellar and memorable, but it's a lot of content that we've already seen. Yeah. And it, all the animated movies and the Star Wars series and a lot of the Marvel stuff, you have seen already, and so it's yeah. kind of... If, if you're into nostalgia and you're into watching these shows multiple times, it's great. But if uh, you're not into, you know, living in the past and watching stuff over and over again that you've already Whoa. seen, then maybe it's not for you. Well, so it's the total opposite business model, really, to Apple TV+. Plus. Yes. Apple TV+, Plus has gone, it's all original all the time. That's all we've got. Uh, um, Disney Plus has gone actually we're guess what we're Disney we have Star Wars we have superheroes we have all the your favourite Disney movies and we're going to chuck a couple of new things in as well uh, it'll be interesting to see which one triumphs I think it's probably slightly horses for courses and people will kind of decide whether you know big Disney fans want one thing where you know if people are more into trying out the original stuff, they'll go for another. Um, it will be very interesting to see. But it, it is the total opposite strategy. My inclination at the beginning was that Disney Plus was going to win by a mile. That if you're offering a few decent shows versus, as I say, Star Wars superheroes, Mickey Mouse, you're, there's only one winner. I kind of think that's probably still going to prove true, but Apple has done a lot better than I thought. Um, and Disney Plus is not coming to Europe uh, until March the 24th. It's moved earlier from March the 31st. So we've got, you know, almost two months until we get it here. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I will definitely be trying it out. I'm trying to think of which one has more value to me. I like the Apple TV Plus programs. I want to keep watching them. But I love the idea of having all that content in one place. You know, the Avengers movies that I didn't get to go and see at the cinema, I get to watch the Disney Plus. You know, I'm going to make a shocking confession here, John. Go ahead. I've not seen all the original Star Wars movies. Oh, my goodness. I know. Which ones? Have you we missed? could well, only you could, do. I could only listen. Well, if you've missed could, episodes one, two, and three, that's no big deal. <laughs> no, no, I have. I think I've only seen four. I've never seen five and six. So, look, I can only make this confession because Kelly Gamont's not here. Oh my! But 
so you see i'm excited i know i know i'm really sorry i feel like i've really let you down but the reason so i'm looking forward to disney plus to get all that content and you catch up on things i never got a chance to see and all that kind of thing that's great well i think if 6.99 a month nominally unless you buy a year's worth and Apple TV, if you bought an iPhone or you pay $4.99 a month, this, this, these are complimentary. I don't think you have to choose one or the other. I think... Um, no, a, for a the mi- moment, minimum, I wouldn't. A minimum but it's still adding six ninety nine to my outgoings. And I don't want to go, certainly at this point in our conversation, delve too in, deep into the world of a subscription fatigue. But I think that is an issue that we need to be aware of during this conversation. Right. I never thought I would subscribe to CBS All Access. I put it off and put it off, and I waited and sat on my hands for Star Trek Discovery Season 1 and Season 2. But then I saw the uh, premiere free episode of Picard, and I thought, okay, I'm in. I can can afford this, and uh, I'm planning to, to really enjoy Star Trek Picard. Now, I have a question for you. Have you had any issues with video stream freezing or any other technical issues with any of these services or are they all just perfect well i was watching star trek picard episode two saturday night before the super bowl and i think everybody else on the planet was and i was getting video stream lockups freezes and i couldn't continue so i said okay i'll come back later i switched over to netflix at that point and watched an hour of outlander and it was rock solid, zero hiccups. So it wasn't my system, it was the CBS feed. Then, right um, after the Super Bowl was over and people were still watching the Super Bowl Pulse game, I switched over to Picard and, and I watched episode two without a hitch. It was perfect. You picked Picard over Pat Mahomes, did you? No, I watched the Super Bowl, but when I got <laughs> home from the party, um, I thought people were, you know, maybe tied up in the post-game stuff, and maybe this was a good time to see if CBS All Access was freed up, and it was. Yes. And, this, and it, but so, I just wonder about how things go in the UK. I uh, used to have a lot. So of most lock-ups. of the time, I don't have problems. I think when I've had problems, it's to do with either maybe my home internet connection being a bit funny, or you know, just an app freezing. I don't think. Many times I find that a system gets overloaded. I have noticed that Netflix is better at technology delivery, better at understanding the the technology of streaming than Amazon. It used to be that Amazon would run for a minute or two at low resolution and then click in, um, trying to figure out what my uh, capability was. Netflix just jumps in right away with, you know, full resolution Never have any video stream freezes. I get little glitches now and then with Amazon Prime. It's not yeah. as perfect as Netflix. Yeah, so interesting. Here in the UK, Amazon Prime Video uh, broadcast two rounds of Premier League football live. Multiple games at the same time. And that was a really big test for their technology. I believe they have actually... Uh, one, oh no, maybe it was Disney Plus that built, bought the company that did loads of live sports streaming. But anyway, Amazon Prime Video did broadcast live Premier League soccer. And this, mostly the system survived. There were some problems, but they did pretty well and it got better as it went along. So 
I think probably they've invested quite heavily in the kind of technology you're describing to be able to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky business to deliver a constant, non-frozen, perfect, high-resolution video stream to but, but also of thousands of people simultaneously or millions. Right, but, and it's particularly important with live sport, right? Oh, yeah. You know, particularly as we're getting alerts from the games on our phones or whatever, you can't make a mistake. You know, you can't screw up as a your team attacks, right? Or, you know, people don't want people don't want the stream to fall over and turn on and find a goal. There's been a goal. Like you have to get that a hundred percent right. We only have a few minutes left, maybe a minute or two. What do you want to talk about for one final subject? What do I want to talk about? Well, I want to know Peacock? from you. Go ahead. What, what services do you think I'm missing out on in the UK? So uh, there's three. I've got Prime Video, Netflix, and Apple TV Plus. We're getting Disney Plus. Am I missing out Hulu, Roku, those kind of things? Oh, we haven't well, discussed Roku's Peacock either. Streaming box, but uh, yeah, but um, we haven't discussed Peacock either, which is ad supported, which I think is quite interesting because it's different to the others. The yeah, others basically don't have about adverts. Peacock at the Mac Observer with a sort of a sort of a sour taste in our mouth. <laughs> John, so we're never sour. We're happy. Peacock people. Uh, is one of those services that tries to live in the past as well, but does not have a signature series unless you're thinking of the Summer Olympics. But because so much content, so much great content has been coming out on Netflix and Amazon in recent times, and because those services are absorbing all the great writers and the great directors and the great actors and paying them handsomely, the networks, you may have noticed, are generally running pretty mindless stuff on the networks in the evenings. That means that there isn't a lot of high quality, really great stuff to put into your streaming service as a signature series or a group of signature series because you don't have anything really to bank on. Uh, so there's that against Peacock. Um, it's likely that people will default into the ad supported service i know i don't like watching ads so I, uh, some people are willing to trade off that against monthly fee i guess ten dollars a month on peacock if you want to eliminate the ads and the library of shows seem to be kind of um may um living in the past but not well i'm annoyed high. because i was enjoying watching will and grace back on amazon prime video and now that's gone because it's going on Peacock. Yeah, I, I have my doubts about whether Peacock will survive and flourish brilliantly. Ooh, uh, controversial way to end the show. Coming in kind of late, coming in without a signature series, coming in with ad support. I don't know. The, the, the jury's out. They, they, could, they could do well, but I'm, I'm not optimistic. One final note. There was some of the new service I just discovered. Uh, there was a Super Bowl ad for it. Uh, I just discovered it the other day called Quibi. Mm. Quibi is this new streaming service that is bite-sized. Quibi sounds is short for quick bites. And it's designed to deliver little shorts. I'm not sure what the content is yet, but I think the notion is when you're waiting in line at the post office or Starbucks, you know, you want to watch something on your phone for seven minutes. So that's what Quibi's all about. Q-U-I-B-I. 
Very cool. So we'll, we'll be watching for that and telling you more about it at the Mac Observer. All right, so that's going to have to be a wrap. Thanks so much for having me. That was fun. Charlotte, that was fun. Thanks for coming on the show and sharing with me. You've been listening to the Mac Observer's Background Mode. We'll see you again next week. Mm-hmm.